ass, brother. If you ain't watching, you ain't listening, and you're missing out. Tough one to swallow as the Buccaneers lose on the road in Atlanta. 20-34, the final score out of that brand new space station they call a stadium, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Have you seen the pictures of that place, man? It's absolutely yeah, ridiculous. That's... I mean, it's not an eyesore or anything. It's pretty to look at, but my God. Uh-huh. And I remember last year we were talking about the new Dallas Stadium being a carnival. But a rough one to face. One win turned into two wins. Two wins apparently turned into too much to ask for. The Bucks fall to the Falcons. <laughs> and we are now 4-7. and seven. And the laughing stock of the NFC South, which is really shaping up to be one of the tougher divisions in football this year. And I'm glad we could be a part of it. I'd rather be the punching bag of a great division than a Titans situation. A lot of people like to compare us to the Titans. Titans are in a trash division, but let's not talk about that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast here on YouTube and iTunes. Back for episode 16, I want to say. I want to say it's 16. Welcome back, guys. Hope you stick around and enjoy. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my co-host and good buddy, Mr. Evan. Bucks football. How are you doing today, man? Great. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm starting to starting to think more and more about the hole that the Bucks have dug themselves into. Four and seven. Um, you know, playoffs are <laughs> playoffs are pretty much out of the question. I mean, there is a very, 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 very small chance that we make something happen, but. Let's be honest here. Four and seven, we're not gonna win out and go nine and seven, make the playoffs. But hell, I, I could be wrong. Let's let's say we make the Super Bowl this year, then I will I will chalk this up up as uh, I will chalk this one up as an L on my record. But four and seven. Basically the point I'm trying to make, it's a tough hole to dig out of. Where do we go from here? Something we wanted to talk about today as we kick off the show. Uh, we'll do a little bit of post game on Atlanta, but really quick, let's touch on the pressing matter. That is the coaching situation. We had talked in the last episode, and you had said, and I I solemnly agreed with you, you know, this game against Atlanta very well could be the nail in the coffin for Dirk Cutter, and he went out there and lost by two possessions. A fourth-and-one call that, honestly, I don't believe should have been made, could have been a smarter call. I know that that fourth-and-one is 50-50 in a lot of people. I know a lot of people support it, but... What I'm trying to ask is, where do we go from here, and and how do you think how do you think it's going to shape up headed into Jan- uh, January? Uh, well, 
I mean, it can, uh, can't go too far down too much now. Uh, I know that was a little, it didn't really make sense. I didn't sort of blurred my words there, as I do a lot. But, um, you know, Atlanta, Atlanta's a good team. Um, they're not, it's not like they, they lost 34 to 20 to the Browns. That'd be totally different. Cutter would probably be fired. On the spot. be on the staff now if, uh, if that was the case. But, I mean, Atlanta still was a good team, but, well, I mean, how it's going to shape up is heads are going to roll. Uh, and not necessarily players, but coaches and, and front office, uh, it's not going to be pretty. Um, do I think maybe maybe Dirk, I think it's fair to give Dirk the rest of the season. I Like I said, I, I've been on record. I like Dirk. I really do. Um, but I, I think, you know, if he keeps if the defense keeps performing that way, it can't. You can't keep him. Uh, if the Bucks go four and twelve, you can't keep them. Uh, right. E- even if, if they go five and eleven, you can't keep them. If they go six and ten, that's been my number, and I'm sticking with it. Um, I still think they need to get to two wins to save Cutter's job. Uh, but even but let's say those two wins, and then the rest of them were blowout losses. I could see Cutter still being fired. So you never really know. Uh, but yeah, come January, if this keeps up. Uh, Dirk Hutter's not going to be a head coach, and the Buccaneers are going to be looking for looking for a new head coach. Now, looking at options, the obvious choice that people have been talking about is the Gruden comeback, which I am still all for. Um, I really don't see any any cons here. Obviously, you could find some, but at the moment, I'm going to buy into the hype and say that I would like to see Gruden back. But other than Gruden, if we're talking more realistic, things don't work out with Gruden. Do you see a lot of options out there or, or something that we could pick up to help out with what we need? Uh, there's there's a couple good options uh, as there is. You know, it's, it's pretty much the same options every year. Um, uh, a couple guys I like. I, I do like uh, Josh McDaniels, uh, offensive coordinator for the Patriots. I think he deserves uh, a, a pretty much a second chance. Uh, because his first stint with the Broncos was not successful, but went to the Patriots. I think he's learned a lot. Uh, and then uh, a couple of other guys I like. I like Terrell Austin. He's the defensive coordinator for the Lions. Uh, he's been their defensive coordinator for a little bit. I like him a lot. And uh, how about another name I throw out there? Jim Harbaugh, uh, the he- head coach of Michigan. Uh, currently, did did win I a think, Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, well, he got to a Super Bowl. His brother won. Oh yeah, yikes! My bad. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, and uh, um, I don't think the Buccaneers would go to college unless it was for Harbaugh. I don't think they would hire a college coach unless it was Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I highly doubt that happens because I don't think he leaves Michigan, but it's it's a possibility. And it's a situation for him, kind of like people had brought up the situation for Gruden in Monday Night Football. Harbaugh is right where he wants to be. He's been wanting to coach at Michigan. He talked about it. I remember when he first got there, all the hype that followed him that first season. And ever since then, I'm pretty sure he's happy there. But not a bad option at all, Uh, especially when you look out and some of the talent that you can see. A lot of guys who aren't going to have jobs come January, we could swoop in and, and make something happen. But... As of right now, just a hairy situation, man, and I'm, I'm hanging on for for dear life because it can only end one of two ways. And past couple of seasons, it's really only been ending one way for us. Yeah, and uh, every other year it ends the same way for each head coach of the Buccaneers. Uh, it's you know, 
It's uh, uh, yeah, it's a cycle, and uh, the cycle is going to end hopefully sometime sooner rather than later. And hopefully, honestly, I hope it ends with Connor. I hope that you know he finishes the season strong and makes the adjustments in the offseason. I, I hope he does. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like the team's not struggling right now. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like his job is 100% safe because it's not. Uh, is that is that man to save the day Gruden? I don't know. Um, you know, he hasn't coached in 10 years. I know that. Different game now. Uh, but, you know, I, time will tell. Uh, that's, you know, but Dirk Cutter and, and, and Jason Light are both they're running out of time. So, um they they got to do something. Um, Jason Light's situation is a bit trickier because Jason Light is in his contract. Dark Cutter's not. So the Buccaneers, if they fire Dark Cutter, would owe Dark Cutter money. They won't owe Jason Light any money. That may make it a bit easier for the Glazers to fire Light and keep Cutter. Now I would. Firing light, keeping Cutter. Do you think they move Cutter around, or does he? he he's pretty much stuck in that head coach position. Uh, Cutter stays with the head coach. Um, I think the Glazers may say to Cutter, Cutter's a loyal guy, but I think they may say to Cutter that, hey, you know, uh, you, you can stay as as head coach. You can stay in your current position, but so you have to change up certain position things. Like, uh, let's say if he wants to get rid of Munkin, or let's say he says, you know, you can stay, but if uh, Mike Smith has to go, then if Cutter disagrees with it, then they'll fire Cutter. Um, you know, it, it's happened before. Like I said, I, I told I said the uh, I, I told you the Lovey story on Instagram Live the other night that Lovey uh, wanted to bring in a, a defensive specialist to help with the defense, and the Glazers didn't like that, so they fired him. Uh, it happens a lot with a lot of NFL coaches, but uh, going back to the Atlanta game, offense started off slow. Julio Jones had a field day. Uh, you know, he almost got the record for receiving yards. Um, I just don't know. The book said they tried 14 different coverages on that one would work. That's all Mike Smith. And I don't know why you don't put your best cornerback, Brent Grimes, on their best receiver, Julio Jones. Mike Smith talks about a lot putting your players in a position to succeed. Well, he didn't do that this Sunday, and Dirk Cutter didn't either with the play calling. Um, yeah, it's just not good, and and that may that might be the breaking point for him. So, I, you know, I would love to I would love to sit here and and just try to predict the future, but it's just so hard right now because it's a week to week thing. And uh, picking up on the coaching madness, we'll talk about this one more rumor and shut it down before we talk about that game against Atlanta because we have to talk about it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator Ton Monken took to Twitter on Tuesday to share his thoughts on the rumors that are swirling around him reportedly being contact by College Mississippi State for the university's head football coaching vacancy. Monken shared the following message on his Twitter account and said, quote, do we really have to go through this again? However, Coach Cutter confirmed during Monday's press conference that the rumors are false and that Munkin plans to remain with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we here at the Cannon Fire Podcast have done you a favor, and we have shut that shit down for you. Todd Munkin not going anywhere as much as you like or dislike him. I had seen a lot of people clamoring for him to just go ahead and take the job, but it's a lot bigger than that. Anyways, Todd Munkin not going anywhere, so if you guys want him to leave, then you're out of luck. But we're going to talk about this Atlanta game. And I don't want to talk about this Atlanta game. 
Don't want to talk about a lot of games this season, but we're going to talk about this Atlanta game. And pure and simple, looking back at every NFC South game we've played this year, we just got outplayed. Obviously, this game, we kept it a little bit closer. We did have a chance to win the game come third, fourth quarter, but ultimately it wasn't enough. Falcons ran away with it, and it's just it's another, it's another loss at the NFC South. We've been outplayed. Every single division game, that's really what it is. This game we came out, believe we scored first, had the field goal. 3-0 bucks, right? Mm-hmm, yep. Uh, Falcons answered with a touchdown. No, 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 was it a touchdown or a field goal? Because I remember it was 10-3 for a while. I, I See, I field. tried I tried not to remember with the game, man. Field goal. Field goal. So they answered with a field goal and then come back with a touchdown, and after that we just can't stop them. It, it, it's too easy for them. First half fell apart. And you've heard for years that this is a second-half team, but really, just like I said, not enough going on. 34-20, to 20, your final score. Bucks couldn't pull it out. We got outplayed, and it was sad to watch. How are you feeling about the Atlanta game? Um, <sighs> well... It's tough to describe. It really is. Um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, emotions, um, confusion, uh, which is basically what the Bucks secondary was. They, they looked confused after every play. It looked like they had no, um, they, it was like some type of miscommunication. Um, yeah, it was, I was confused. I was mad, um, disgruntled, dejected, whatever you want to say. Um, because I, I, you know, and some Fans are going to be happy that they lost because, hey, you know, hey, you get the fire cutter, fire Mike Smith. Everybody talks about changing the culture, and the only way to change the culture is uh, to win. Uh, you're not going to change the culture by hiring a head coach or signing a free agent. It's it's winning. You have to win to develop a winning culture. It's breaking news, people. Um, and right now the Buccaneers aren't doing that. And Sunday proved that their cutter may not be the man for the job. I hope he was. Hoped he was. I still think he may be, but this 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 game was the first time I, I had doubt um, in his abilities. And if he keeps losing, it's it's going to get to him. And uh, there's a reason that Jameis Winston is going to be start throwing this week. There's a reason. And you know, back to the um, back to how the game made you fail. This this loss for me was pretty rough. I, I was watching the game with my girlfriend. We were hanging out, having a good time. But, you know, really, the end of the day, it just it hurt a lot more than any other game because in the grand scale of things, you look back, this is the game in the season that we could have gone in there and turned it around. Still had six losses. Still were kind of fighting our way back up. Two wins in a row. A win on the road. Had momentum going. Obviously, we didn't beat the Patriots or anything. We beat the Jets and the Dolphins. But still... Two wins in a row is still two wins in a row. You have a lot of momentum going into a division rival game. You hope you're more prepared. Defense looks great. And everything just falls apart. And there goes the tiny sliver of hope that we had for this team to turn around somehow and finish 10-6 and six and make the playoffs. But everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. I'm, I'm excited to see what does end up happening. But really just, it hurts, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not the only Bucks fan feeling that way. 
um, really sucks. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I don't think it's right to, to be cheering when they lose uh, just because you want to see a change. It's okay to see a change, but don't but don't cheer. You know, still I'd still be upset if they lost. It's different when I want a coaching change or want a player gone. You, you still root for that player or that coach because right now he's working his butt off to try and win. Um, you know, coaches, that's, you know, they put a lot of hard work in the game plan and that's a lot of stress on game days that they're putting on on themselves and on their families. They they, they risk a lot, and you know to to just to cheer for them when they lose. It's not right. It's not right at all. And back to the discussion we had um, after the Arizona game, people people clamoring to just to lose out and pick up you know pick up the draft pick, bring in a new um, bring in a new coaching staff, fire everyone, get a great draft pick. That's not how things work in the National Football League, okay? You've got to deal with what you're given, and you've got to prove yourself as a team. If you go out there and you're the ass end of the league for a draft pick and you can't figure it out at the end of the day, you're going to bring in new talent and you're just going to ruin them. There's going to be no development. Look at the Browns, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's rough, man. Yeah, yeah, and I, I hate to say it, if... You know, if the Buccaneers don't get this turned around soon, they will be start to become the Browns, um, with with no hope, um, a lot of draft picks, a lot of young players, but nobody to put it together, and that's coaching, unfortunately. And if they don't get it fixed soon, it's not going to be good. Yeah, it's it's something that's got to be looked at. We've already seen, we've already talked about it not being the players really just comes down to coaching, and that's that's what it is. And it's an internal issue that we apparently still have not figured out. And I don't know if it's going to be something that's going to be figured out by the end of the year. But silver lining in all of this, and something that we can look at and something we can debate, because I know a lot of people are going back and forth on this, Jameis Winston recently had an MRA, came back clear, and is now able to throw. He's going to be throwing all week at practice. In a position to be healthy enough to play on Sunday, but the question is, should he play on Sunday against the Packers in Lambeau in December? I don't think so. Um, I think the the smart move is to sit him for the rest of the year. You, you're the season's over. Why, why risk it? Uh, you know, and I, me and my dad were actually talking about this uh, yesterday. Uh, you know, my my dad brought up a good point. If let's say, okay, it's different if, if Winston is is suspended. Okay, it's it's different if he's suspended for, you know, um, for certain for you know the 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 Uber thing, um, and if Jameis gets gets injured again, if if he gets Let's say, let's say he hurts his shoulder again. It's worse this time. And let's say you know he's out for a very long time, right? Like, uh, like he's gonna miss half the season. Gruden's not coming here. It's his, they, he lost all interest right there. He wants to coach Jameis Winston. That's one of the reason. That's one of the reasons why John Gruden would is interested in coming here. Um, and if, if Winston goes down, if he's not ready and he goes down and he's out for six to nine months, 
Gruden is not going to come here. I, I guarantee it. Cutter will be fired, and Gruden will not be the head coach. And something I wanted to talk about with Jameis, he was cleared on the MRI, but from personal experience, man, I, I never really trust MRIs 100%. Obviously, it can say that he's cleared to play, cleared to practice, and that is A-OK. But MRIs don't really go into full detail because I've personally had MRIs uh, back when I was playing football in high school. And I'd walk in there, get an MRI on a, on a joint or an ankle or something, and it would come back. It would come back, and, and Dr. Woods, or the, uh, the trainer we had at the school, he'd say, yeah, you know, you're good, you're fine. But I looked at him, and I'd say, how good is it? Because, you know, I'm limping my way through the hallways right now, and it came up on an MRI that I'm good to go. Obviously, that's not the case. So I'm not saying Jameis isn't in good enough condition to play. I'm sure he is smart enough to know if he wants to play and how heavy he should take it. But... I never believe MRIs 100% simply because of that, man. Yeah, but but that but that's the thing. Um, you know, he he's going to play no matter what because he wants to win. Um, he wants to win at all costs, and, you know, he's going to really try to push Cutter to play him. And, and honestly, Cutter, Cutter needs him to play because Cutter wants to save his job. That's why he's doing this. That's why Dirk Cutter is allowing this to happen. Cutter knows. He's, he's a smart guy. Cutter is a smart guy. He knows that his job is, is at stake here. And, um, but, you know, it, when what's questionable to me is Winston. It, it, okay, Winston is is cleared to throw and might, might play. Okay, so maybe may showing you that they, wanna, they would like to win. But at the same time, today, the team released veteran tight end Luke Stocker and defensive end Daryl Tapp and signed Alan Cross and defense, rookie defensive end Pat O'Connor to the active roster. And they signed cornerback Maurice Fleming back to the practice, practice squad. And then later on, about two hours, three hours later, they signed Bobo Wilson, uh, wide receiver. Um, on, on, he was on Hard Knocks. Um, and they signed him to the active roster. So that shows you that Maybe they're trying to look at some of these younger players, possibly tank, maybe the rest of the season. But then yet again, you want to put Winston in. I, I, I don't understand. Right. It, it takes away from. It, it takes away from potential, and, and the thing with, the thing with Cutter, you had said, you know, he's a smart guy. He knows that this situation, his job is on the line. But I'll tell you what, he's got some balls on him to come in here in a situation that could be potentially disastrous. You think about Jameis going down and another bad injury that really can only get worse, re-aggravating that shoulder, being out for a longer time. Like you said, that pretty much blows any hopes of a new head coach out of the water, pretty much blows any hopes of your starting quarterback getting better before the end of the season out of the water, and it pretty much loses Cutter his job if Jameis were to go down and we were to lose out. It's a risky situation, but he is... Yeah. He he's trying to take advantage of it, and I commend him for that. He's a smart guy. I like him. I, I do like Cutter. I, I I'm with you 100. percent I still feel like he's the guy for the team. I'd like to see him turn it around, but end of the day, if you can't make it happen, then you can't make it happen. Yeah, and he just he needs to make a decision. Do you want to win or do you want to lose? Because having Winston Bro is showing me that you want to win. 
what both the moves you made today are showing me that you would like to lose. I, I don't understand what you're getting at here. And yeah, they got to figure it out because, you know, Winston, okay, he, he does. He gives them a better chance to win. He, he does give them a, a better chance to win. And, um, you know, uh, speaking of offense, the one guy that I think would help Winston not name John Gruden is, um, of a name that I'll, I'll reveal at the end of the podcast. One of my, probably my second favorite head coaching candidate, um, besides John Gruden, John Gruden would be one on my list. This guy would be two, but, um, Greg Schiano. Oh, <laughs> how'd you know? How'd you find him? What? Well, uh, well, I, I guess, I guess it's Tarleton podcast. Now people, the, the, the surprise is ruined. The surprise uh, is over. I, I, Guarantee it was not Greg Schiano. Uh, Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee fans, literally. Oh, I'm Greg so Keanu glad he got duped out of that <laughs> job in Tennessee, man. I, I, I mean, just the way they pulled the rug out from under him. I hate to say, I hate to see people go down like that. I love seeing people prosper, but Greg Schiano came in here and he just, he really messed with this team in a way that the team shouldn't have been messed with. He set the tone, and that's why I dislike him as much as I do. Now, something, and we'll talk about the coach, like you said, at the end of the podcast, but something that was brought up, a discussion point that was actually brought up at my work this morning, that was a pretty good point. We spent maybe 10, 15 minutes talking about it mentally for Jameis Winston. Do you think he's going to have to come back in here and look to get, not help mentally because he's not crazy, but... Looking back at things, Jameis has never been a loser. Jameis does not have a loser attitude. You look at college, you look at his youth football days, high school, the guy has never been a loser. He comes into Tampa, and this team has pretty much taught him how to be a loser, unfortunately. But his last few games before the injury was re-aggravated, there were a couple of plays as much as I hate to say it, Jameis Winston was probably the worst player on the field for a handful of plays in his last games. And Jameis has never been in that situation before because he's not a loser. Coming back into this game off of the injury, how do you think mentally he's going to have to prepare himself for this? Do you think it's going to be something he'll have to sit down and focus on? Or is it just going to be another day in the office? You know, I mean, it's I, it's something that I think he has been sitting down and focusing on. Um, you know, he hasn't just been just been standing there on the sideline thinking about you know daisies and stuff. He's he's been he's been trying to get better. He's he's been watching all the same film, and um, you know, I think that I, I think Winston. I I think he's gonna do okay in Green Bay if he plays. I don't think he should play, but I think he'll do okay. Um, you're right. He is not a loser, and um, he's won a little bit here in Tampa, but um, I think it's a little too too early to say that it's it's wearing on him too much. Um, no, so I think I'm not that, saying he's a loser. I'm just saying the team kind of humbled him a bit. You can't you can't deny that. Well, yeah, but I think everybody needs to be humbled a, a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I think I think James will be fine as long as his shoulder. Uh, shoulder holds up well. I mean, it is his throwing shoulder, so it's a bit room for concern. And as long as this, whatever this uh, investigation happens, whatever happens with this, uh, I think he'll be okay. Uh, you know, like I said, Winston was a very good quarterback before he got injured. 
the first four games he was very good and um, got injured and then went downhill and so I mean I, I think he'll be back and better than ever next year with whoever the head coach is um, whether it's Gruden Cutter or the guy that I'm going to give at the end of the podcast God, you're kind of keeping me on edge because I'm a little bit curious I know it's already Shiano but we'll talk about it at the end of the show Something else we wanted to touch on before we do a little pregame of Green Bay. The running back situation. Doug Martin went down against Atlanta. He's on concussion protocol. He'll be missing a couple of games. And honestly, wouldn't surprise me if Doug's gone next year, as much as I hate to say it. Uh, Doug is gone. Yeah. It's rough. But for the meantime, let's talk about with Doug Martin under concussion protocol, who gets the start at running back next week? We saw three guys come out over the course of the season, prove themselves, show different styles. Peyton Barber did an excellent job. I believe he had two touchdowns on Sunday. Charles Sims shows out. When he is a north and south runner, i got to say he's one of the better running backs we have, as much as I really don't like him. If he finds a way to get a hole and run north and south, Charles Sims is a talented guy. And Jaquiz Rogers just kind of going out there and doing Jaquiz Rogers things. Who do you think gets the start against Green Bay? Uh, quiz. Uh, Jaquiz Rogers will probably get the start, and then Charles Sims will come in uh, on third down. And Peyton Barber will probably split carries with Rogers on first and second down. I, I would, uh, I would suppose. But uh, I think my prediction sat, unfortunately, it is going to come true. I remember, I said this. Uh, I believe maybe even after the Arizona game, I might have said it. Um, I said, you know, the the running back room next year is going to look very different, and I'm still holding to that. I think. Rodgers and Barber are here to stay. I think Martin and Sims are both gone, and I think the Bucks end up signing a running back in free agency and end up drafting one fairly early uh, in, in this year's draft. You thinking like third round? I'm thinking anywhere from, from rounds two, two to four. Honestly, I, I got to say, man, the running back class this year is so stacked in college football. I think we could definitely find a steal in a second-round draft pick at the running back position. But that begs the question. People are talking about the draft. What do you have for first round? We'll touch We'll touch on this briefly, and we'll get back to the running back situation. We'll wrap up that discussion. But first-round pick, what do you think it's going to be this year? Pass rusher? It has to be. Uh, I don't I don't see – if they get a top-ten pick, I don't see how it, it, it can be. And, you know, there's a lot of good guys out there. Uh, I love Bradley Chubb for a uh, defensive end from NC State. He's quick. He's big. He can play the run, play the pass. Uh, oh yeah, he's he's, he's one know, of my top guys, man. He he comes with he brings that swagger. Uh, he he's the he's the guy who who he spit on the FSU logo after NC State beat FSU. Um, he played Clemson and he like took uh, the quarterback's towel and was like trying to play like keep away with it. You know, he likes to play those mind games and he's he's confident. Uh, I, I love that. But sadly, you know, his his stock has risen a lot. He was you know went into the season uh, being like a top twenty pick. Now he's like a top five pick. So yeah, the Bucks uh, the Bucks need to get inside the top five and. Uh, nobody wants him to be there. But other names, you know, are Arden Key, defensive end from LSU, was a top prospect. It was like a top five pick projected at the start of the year. Had a couple injuries this year. He's fallen off a bit. Top 15 guy for me now. And uh, Harold Landry, Landry, defensive end from Boston College. Um, always been like a top 20 guy for me. I think he'd be solid. I think the Bucks could possibly, if they're sitting at number eight, maybe number seven, they could trade 
down a bit, trade to like 11, maybe 12, and still grab him, I think that would be a very good move. Uh, then, you know, if I had to go secondary, it would be either Florida State safety Derwin James, who was a lock for the top five, but, you know, um, it just hasn't lived up to real expectations. I mean, he's been good, but I think everyone overhyped him a bit. He's now like a top 15 guy. Uh, and cornerback uh, slash safety from Alabama, Minka Fitzpatrick, who is a very one of the most talented players in the draft. So, And he'll be a top 10 pick. So any one of those guys would be a big help, but I think they need to go pass rusher with round one. And uh, and talking back about the running back situation, one of the prospects that has stood out for me, not a lot of people have been talking about him. He does get a little bit of love, but honestly, i got to say second round, he could be a steal if he's available. Bryce Love out of Stanford. That guy, he's a balanced back, and that's what I like to see. Those are the guys you see coming to the league and you see them prosper, and you see them adapt, find their play style, and they go out there and make plays. I, I would have more faith in a guy like Bryce Love than I would Saquon Barkley day one in the NFL. Uh, I like I like a guy you probably – you might have heard of him, but you probably haven't. His name is uh, Rashad Penny. Um, so Doesn't ring a bell, actually. Yeah, yeah. His, his name is his name is Rashad Penny. He's a uh, he's a really under radar guy. He's just been just been awesome this year. Awesome last year. Uh, a really really good running back. Um, he from he played for San Diego State, and he's projected to probably go anywhere from from three to five. I think the Bucks, if they can get him in a third round, I'd be ecstatic. If you find time tonight, or you know, look up his highlights. I'm looking at it right now. YouTube, it's a three-minute video. Uh, you know, I think he'd be well worth a third-round pick. I think the Bucks' top three picks go as following. You know, in no order, it's defensive end, cornerback, and then running back. In no order. If Saquon Barkley's there whenever the Bucks are picking, Saquon Barkley's probably the pick because I think he's just a game-changer. Um, you know, if, if there's no defensive ends there in the first round and Minka Fitzpatrick's there, he's probably the pick. Uh, you never know, but I think anyway, I think that defensive end, corner, and running back are the first three picks regardless. And keep an eye on guys like Penny. Keep an eye on a guy like Royce Freeman from Oregon. Keep an eye on a guy like Sonny Mitchell from Georgia. Keep an eye on a guy like Nick Chubb. Uh, I love him from Georgia. He's a, he could be in the second round. He'll be there. Um, and I think he's a great runner. Got injured two years ago, real bad injury. Came back strong and uh, – look better than ever. So a lot of talent, like you said, a lot of talent in running back position this year. I think the Bucks will finally uh, take uh, to their advantage. And uh, one more person I wanted to give a shout-out to and show some love, a prospect. This guy is going to be special in a couple of years. I actually played high school ball with him. He plays UMass right now. They're starting corner at number nine, Isaiah Rogers. He is one hell of a cornerback. If you get the chance, check out his highlights, man. Kickoff return, he is a beast. He's always been a monster. He's always been one hell of an athlete. I'm telling you, if he was a senior this year, oh, oh, you could easily steal him third round, fourth round, because he is just, he's a talented guy. He's a nice guy, too. I used to hang out with him every once in a while, but uh, definitely someone you're going to want to be on the lookout for if you guys are interested in scouting college players. Isaiah Rogers is going to be a huge name in a couple of years. But let's take a look at the Green Bay team that we have to face in Lambeau. 
on Sunday. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a game in Lambeau in December. We've talked about it all year. It's going to be a Packers team without Aaron Rodgers, but obviously it's a team that can get the job done because they only held the Steelers to a last-second field goal, and the Steelers are probably top three team in the league. This is still the Packers. They don't have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was actually throwing 60-yard bombs. I don't know if you saw that video. I think it was last Sunday before the game. He was on the field, wasn't warming up in his uniform or anything, but he was out there throwing bombs. Just how long has it been? Two months since he went down? About a month and a half, yeah. He's not eligible to return him for another two games, though. So he's going to miss this week's game, and he's going to miss next week versus the Browns. Um, and, you know, Packers fans and, and the Packers team, are they're believing they got a shot at the playoffs because, honestly, they look at these two games, and if you were a Packers fan, you look at these two games and say, these are two winnable games. You win both of these, then get Rodgers back, go yeah. on a run, and you can make playoffs, and when Rodgers is there, he just sees magic. What a storied season that be, too. And I'll tell you, man, that video, I saw that video of Aaron Rodgers throwing the um, throwing the deep ball, just warming up, just goofing off. I'm telling you, a beat-up, injured Aaron Rodgers is better than half the league. And that's, that's saying something. Aaron Rodgers, an incredible quarterback, can't cut these guys any slack. But back to the game on Sunday, as I was saying, this is still the Packers, okay? This is still the Green Bay Packers in their house in December. Don't know if the forecast calls for snow. Do you think it'll snow on Sunday or no? I, I don't. I don't think it'll snow. I think. Uh, I think it'll be. It'll be cold. Um, I, I. I think. I think it'll be. It'll be pretty cold. And let me see if I can actually pull up the weather. Oh yeah. In Green Bay, what it's be? I'll pull it up right now. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, what though. Back to. Back to building the hype because this is a podcast by the fans for the fans. We are here for you guys. And at this point, Bucks fans, we are all we got at this point. But if we want to build some hype surrounding Jameis coming back this week, if he starts, what a way for Jameis to come back if he knocks down the Steelers in Lambeau in December, possibly if it's snowing. Can you imagine? That would be the game of the year for me. Really doesn't matter how we win it. It could be a last-second field goal. I don't care if we win that game and lose the rest of our games. If we can beat the Packers in Lambeau, I will be a happy camper. There you go. That's the second time you said Steelers. I said Steelers? Yeah, you said Steelers. You said Steelers before we started the show, too. I was like, I had to double check. I was like, wait a minute. And I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. my no bad. Deal, no my, Everybody um, makes mistakes. My, uh. You know, um, the, uh, the, the weather in Green Bay on Sunday is looking partly cloudy with a temperature of 44 degrees. So, nice. uh, thank God the Bucks don't have to play there next week, where Thursday, on Thursday, Day, it's partly cloudy, 27 degrees. Nice. Partly cloudy, get some rain going in there. Oh, it'll be a fun game to yeah. watch next Thursday night for the Packers. I, but Actually, a, a little a little, a little, little fun fact. Um, the Buccaneers have actually won the past three games that they played in that's been under 49 degrees. That was at Kansas City last year, at Philly the year before, the one I was at, and then uh, at Washington the year before that. So they, they've won the last three times that they've played in temperatures under 49 degrees. So you never know. Definitely, man. But as we said, let's pregame this Green Bay matchup, and then we're going to start wrapping up the show. We will unveil your mystery coach that we all know is Greg Schiano. But this is the Packers. This is a fast-paced team, another fast-paced team. And honestly, this Packers team could very well give the Falcons a run for their money 
if they were to face each other because it is the Packers. I can't stop saying that. I'm glad I'm not saying it's the Steelers because it's not the Steelers, but it's the Packers. And it's a fast-paced team. It's going to be another tough contest that we're really going to have to adapt and, and figure out how to pick things up and go in there and do our job. you got to keep up with this team. Can't get outscored. Well, and I mean, if, if they make Brett Hundley look like Brett Favre, we're gonna be able to uh, we're gonna be able to really see the end of Dirk Cutter and Mike Smith. Uh, that's it. Uh, I, I don't care if, if they may if they make Hundley throw, you know, three hundred fifty yards, three touchdowns, no picks. I I want both of them fired. Uh, and I think I think a lot of uh, you know Scott Rounds the Pewter Report initially put out the Gruden thing. With you know, uh, after the Arizona game, he said this is not a, a calling for Dirk Cutter to be fired. This is merely a warning. Uh, I think if, if the Bucks go, go out of the Green Bay and get blown out by Brent Hundley, um, I think I think Scott Reynolds will finally pull that article that says Dirk Cutter should be fired, and and I will too. Um, I'll, I'll go on record saying that that he should be fired, um, but. Let's hope not. I don't. I don't think so because I, I think it would be a bit closer because the Packers don't have the offensive capabilities that the Falcons do, uh, and the Packers also I don't think has the better defense than the Falcons. I think the Falcons have the better defense, and with Jameis going back, maybe they squeak out with a win. They got to rely on the run game, especially if Jameis comes back with a shoulder. Uh, rely on the run game to open up the play action, and uh, then you know. Um, on defense, pressure, pressure, pressure. You know, I can't say enough. If you don't get pressure on Hundley, guess what? It's going to be a long day. It's Jordy Nelson's talented. Oh, Devontae yeah. Adams, that Randall Cobb's talented. I they got a lot of talent on that team. And, and Hundley, if given enough time, he'll, he'll carve you up. Uh, I think it's important to get Vernon Hargreaves back this week, too. They need him badly. And uh, something else to look at, that Packers offense, a run game really hasn't been established that much for them this year. This could be the game for the defense to just put up or shut up and, and really make a statement and stop that running game. As we know, a, a fairly weak running game for Green Bay. Obviously, nothing to yeah. stick nose up at, but nothing they've nothing they've been able to get cooking at all this year. Yeah, but I, I like their running backs a lot. I, I, I like their running backs a ton. Um, sad to say is it, the truth, though. <laughs> uh, the, the, kid, the kid's been looking pretty good. Uh, I forget his his name exactly, but but he's been looking pretty good over the past couple couple of weeks. Uh, in Dallas, he he played very well. Um, yeah, can't let it happen. Can't let it happen. And a lot of people are saying, you know, this week this week's the week uh, for for the the Packers run game to uh, to be to be alive. And uh, I believe it was a retweet by Joe Bucks fan. And we're wrapping up here. Let's see if I can find it. Um, and we, we you can do we can do predictions, offensive and defensive MVPs if you'd like. Oh yeah. Um, and then let me see. Let me see if I can find it. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Hmm. <laughs> and can't find it of course why would you be able to find it that's all right uh, man. it just it just said something along the lines of uh oh here we go yeah yeah J- jamal williams it just said uh jamal williams playing well in all phases running receiving and blocking uh uh, uh M- mike mccarthy the the packers uh, head coach 
Uh, man, I can't even get my words right. And uh, Evan Silva, who is, is a writer, quoted the tweet and said, you know, just should be looking at another monster workload versus the atrocious Bucks defense this week. So they're they're gonna they're gonna really look at it, and they're they're gonna try to pound the rock, and the Bucks gotta be ready. So um, we'll see. Definitely, man. Something I wanted to acknowledge really quick, um, because we acknowledged it before, and I have to be, I have to take it like a man. Everyone, everyone has bad years, and I got to say that in fantasy football this year, I have all but just quit. The Pittsburgh Feelers, the second place seed from last year, have fallen a five and seven after you beat me last week. And I tell you what, I don't know why. Um, you can't change your lineup from your phone. You can't change your starters from the NFL app on my iPhone, so I have to go onto the computer. But I haven't traded Dak these past two weeks. He's been sitting in the starting spot, and guess who's on my bench putting up 28 points a week? Tom Brady. Tom fucking Brady. But anyways, man, good game this week. You took it, and you're second in the league right now, 8-4. and four. The Pascanator, Michael, running away with it at 10-2, and two, and I am 8-5-7. and five and seven. I've all but... Call it quits. I'm glad our man Morgan is hanging in there. They're three and nine at the tail end in last place. That's all right, buddy. That's all right. At least I'm not last. But just wanted to say congrats. You got I got you last time. You got me this time. So we'll see how next season fares. If I can make some good picks next year. But let's hear who that coach was you were teasing all earlier. Well, before I do that, I'm I'm gonna, yeah I'm gonna drag out as far as I can. I'm going to give you my quick offensive, defensive MVP and score prediction. All right, fair enough. We'll uh, do that, and then we'll talk about the uh, coach situation. As much as I want the Bucks to win because it would quiet things down, they're not going to. Um, I just I don't see them win another game this year, whether Jameis plays or not. I don't think it's going to be the offense struggling. I think it'll be the defense. I think uh, not really Brett Hundley. I think Jamal Williams is going to have a big day. Uh, so I'm going to say Packers 28-20. Yeah, Packers twenty eight twenty. They're gonna they're gonna win, and uh, then Bucks fans will really be wanting Cutter and Smith fired. Uh, offensive MVP, I'm gonna say Mike Evans uh, because I, I think uh, you know he he's due for a game. He's due for a big game. He's due for a touchdown. Um, and defensive MVP, uh, this is tough. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Justin Evans. I'm 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 digging the hype. So, yeah, uh, I'm going Mike Evans and Justin Evans. Two Evans. All right. Yeah, man. And, and Evan, looking at uh... – Wait, so so, Ev- so Evan is predicting that Justin Evans and Mike Evans will have big days. <laughs> I wonder I what it. Evan Smith will do. Yeah, really. But looking at our uh... – Looking at our our draft sheet this year, I was taking a look at the prospects we had. Pretty much everyone we drafted this year has come out and made a statement some way, somehow. Pretty much everyone but Jeremy McNichols. Obviously, he's not making any statements anywhere anytime soon. But, now, if you guys, I'll tell you what, if you guys remember Jeremy McNichols' name two years from now, then you're a real OG. But, pretty much everyone we've had, OJ Howard, Justin Evans coming out and making plays. These guys are going out there and doing what they have to do, and it's good to see. Very Chris good. Godwin. Chris That's Godwin. Cool. Oh, yeah. Probably, you know, we'll probably talk about it next week because we'll see how this game goes. But Chris Godwin in a, in a position to potentially take Hump's job. How are you? Yeah, actually, we'll talk about that next week because it's, it's a good talking point. It's something that I definitely want to pay attention to this game coming up, especially yeah. if we get James Yeah, back. definitely. Uh and one more thing I want to say, 
I'll next week I'll look and do my my crystal ball again. Oh yeah, uh, as, I, as I like to do a lot, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to predict what the Buccaneers' offense is going to look like next year, and it and it revolves around Chris Godwin. So uh, I'll definitely definitely share that with you next week. I've been thinking about it for a couple weeks now, and uh, I'm pretty sure I have my, my mind set on what it's going to look like. So it's going to be an action-packed show next week. But right now, let's focus on what's going on. I need to give you my offensive and defensive MVP. Offense MVP. Oh yikes. Um. I didn't think this far through. I was thinking too much about my defensive MVP. Offensive MVP, if Jameis comes back, I want to say it's going to be Jameis. I think he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder. He's going to be more focused than he has been in weeks. Obviously, he's been sitting on the sideline for weeks, but you guys know what I mean. He's going to be dialed in, ready to play, and ready to win. I think he could go out there and have a hell of a day, especially if he doesn't throw any picks. Defensive MVP... I'm going to have to buy into that secondary, man. If Vernon Hargraves gets back on the field, I think he's going to do a very good job at taking advantage of the mistakes that Brent Hundley makes a lot. And it should be a good day for him if they get him back. But if not, I'm going to go with the safe bet and say Gerald McCoy. I think he'll do a pretty good job at stopping the run if we can get there. I hope he plays a key role in that. It's always good to see him go out there and do some work. But ladies and gentlemen... That's just about going to do it for this. Actually, no, it's not because you did not reveal who that head coach was. And you, you sneaky bastard for the game. Oh, my prediction of the game, my final score. Uh, I am going to say, I think we're going to sneak out of this one. I'm calling Ooh. it thirty-one twenty-eight bucks. Oh yeah, I, I think it's I think it's going to come down. I think it's going to be that kind of game, either side, because a lot of people like to tarnish the Bucks, the reputation, the losing culture that we have had. But the Buccaneers have always been a tough team to play when they show up and they put their boots on. So I think it'll be one of those games. Thirty-one twenty-eight bucks. I'm going to say it here. I think we can come in there and win this thing. I'm excited. Bold. That that's definitely bold. All right, man. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll see you later. Okay, all right, see you later. I guess everyone's just going to be pissed at you for a whole week because you're not going to get out of here without saying who the coach was. Uh, didn't I already do that? Definitely did not. You already predicted it for me, Greg Shano. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right, I'm going to gonna stick a pin in that. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. It's Greg Shano's <laughs> brother. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if he has a brother, actually, so that might not be possible. If he did, he probably bullied him as a kid. Maybe that's why Shiano's always got such a stick up his ass. Yeah, maybe. You never know with that guy. Um, well, anyways, uh, you know, the the coach said that I like, uh, and this is no sources or nothing. There's there's no, I don't, I don't know of any interest, um, you know, between both both sides, but... The coach that I like the most is from a very good team right now and a very, very good offensive team with a young quarterback. It's Eagles offensive coordinator Mark Reich. Or maybe I said his name wrong. Wow. Had it prepared the whole time and messed it up anyway. Frank Reich. Sorry. Former NFL quarterback Frank Reich. I played for the Bills. Um, and he's, he was the Eagles offensive coordinator last year and this year. And I've been impressed. I think um, Doug Peterson does do a, do a lot with the offense there, uh, the head coach. But Frank Reich does, does a lot too. And he was one of the main reasons for developing Carson Wentz. And 
I think he's done a great job. I think he could do a great job with Jameis. So on my head coaching list right now, uh, number one is John Gruden. Number two is Frank Reich. Number three is Josh McDaniels. And I haven't gotten top five yet because Dark Cutter's not been fired yet. So it would be pointless for me to create a full list. So maybe when Dark Cutter's fired, uh, I'll, we'll, we'll make a show about uh, potential candidates. <laughs> Definitely got a lot of fun things coming up this offseason. Going to have the mock draft in there. We'll fit it in there somewhere. We'll probably do a mock draft. That'll be fun. The yeah. mock draft, yeah. we will have our uh, fantasy football draft towards the end of the offseason. And in between, we will also probably do maybe some fan shows. I know we had a couple of people who really wanted to come on the show, and I, I feel bad because I said, I didn't forget you, and then eventually I forgot them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. Hey, what, what kind of What kind of host are you? Huh? What kind of host are you? Forgetting about the fans. Not a good one, I guess. But we'll probably bring some people on for the offseason. We'll talk about, you know, just shoot the shit, talk some buck stories, and all that good stuff. So it should be fun coming up in the offseason as we prepare only five weeks away. Mm, wow. That's so sad. Football goes by so fast. It does, man. It feels like it just came back. Five weeks left of regular season football. I'm excited for the playoffs, but I'm going to miss watching my Bucks play. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast here on YouTube and iTunes. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. Also, leave a review and a comment if you haven't already. It doesn't cost you a dime, and it helps us out a bunch. And if you guys also haven't, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Cannon Fire Podcast and check out the Facebook page at Cannon Fire Podcast. Mr. Evan, any last words? Not really, man. Uh, big game this week. A uh, game that, you know, will, I believe I've said, uh, will determine whether Dirk Carter's back next year. If he loses, he's not. If he wins, there's still a shot. So, uh, big game. Go Bucks. A lot on the line this week, ladies and gentlemen. Dirk Cutter's job hanging in the balance. I know some people are excited, but I'm going to get on out of here. Me and Evan are going to get on out of here. Hope you guys stick around and enjoy. Remember, let's get things turned around this week. Let's go in there and let's beat Green Bay. Hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your week, and go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.